Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 13. And happy Thanksgiving to all. And Andy and I are happy to be here after a huge win. We have a game tonight against the New York Islanders, or maybe the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. We don't even know. If there's still the Sound Tigers, I don't even know. Actually, that's a good question for Andy to answer. Um, So let's get right into it. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Just to avoid confusion, we are recording this the night before Thanksgiving, right before the Rangers drop the puck against the Islanders at the new uh, UBS Arena, or as uh, I think Butch Goring was calling it mistakenly, the USB Arena, uh, (laughs) for a little bit during the uh, first, uh, their their home opener. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving. I, I look forward to summarily filling my uh, belly with turkey and stuffing and gravy, all the gravy I can get my hands on tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited. The Rangers continue their winning ways. They face off against an Islander team that is in a skid and has been decimated due to injuries and COVID. And, you know, I mean, that's not so much the Rangers' problem. But uh, so you can you can definitely say, if you look kind of around some of the other teams in the Metro, the Rangers have definitely been lucky in terms of man games loss. Obviously, it was a huge blow losing play for the, the year, but other teams have been way less uh, fortunate in terms of just getting dinged by injuries. And, and obviously, COVID throws a big wrinkle into everything. So but uh, again, yeah, you, you we said this last game versus Buffalo. We said it was a must win game and they almost found a way to lose. Or maybe we should say Alexander Georgiev almost found a way to lose that game. But uh, they they once again they find a way to win and uh, with 0.4 seconds left in regulation and man I I jumped off my couch and I slid on the floor I couldn't believe it so uh, uh, yeah there's just something about this team this year which is nice to say because I haven't felt like that 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 a, Ran- a Rangers team has been charmed in quite a while you know I think definitely not since uh, the the probably the year they won the Presidents Trophy where they were just finding yeah, ways to win every game, even if they didn't play all that well. Although I, 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 like I said, other than the goaltending, I thought they've, they played well. They've, you know, they haven't played, had a poor effort really in a while. So, um, yeah, happy about that. And they continue to put the points up, but you know, even the schedule doesn't really do them any favors coming up here. They're going to have a lot of games in a compact time and, you know, between the game, uh, uh, you know, uh, an outmanned, Islanders team is going to play low key, uh, dirty and heavy and physical tonight to make up for you know a, a, maybe a skilled disparagement or or a disproportionate amount of skill uh, against them. But yeah, between that and the Bruins, who are no pushovers on Friday, especially a Friday afternoon, so they're going to have to be ready. And we'll see if Gallant. No, it's been hard for the Rangers to start these games on time, but so let's see if Gallant has them ready to to play both games. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that you you revert back to the the year the Rangers won the President's Trophy and just how they found ways to win all season long and just were consistent in getting points and and winning hockey games and that's certainly the feel that you have right now and you know, I am 
you know, the pessimistic and the uh, someone that's not going to get too high despite this unbelievable 11-4 and 3 start, Andy, I am going to err on the side of caution here with my hopes for this team. Um, but you did bring up a, a solid point in that, you know, the Rangers really haven't laid a full egg in a game, right? They haven't, they haven't played awful for a full 60 minutes, whether that be 40 minutes where they laid the egg and then came back and had a strong 20, like in Toronto, whether that be a slower first period or whether they came to play, you know, the all three periods. I mean, we, we've seen that certainly against, you know, teams like Columbus and, and, and such like that. So, you know, looking back at their last game, a team where uh, they played, I'm sorry, a team like the Buffalo Sabres, where you certainly could play down to them. And Buffalo is kind of a sneaky team where they do have some guys that, you know, um, are, are playing with a lot of pride. And obviously we know the Jack Eichel hysteria that hit, you know, Buffalo all off season and it, you know, trickled into this year. And now that he's gone, I think this team is ready to kind of move on. And I think there's a lot of players with chips on their shoulders. So you know, that was a classic letdown game for the Rangers, but they found a way to win despite, you know, starting uh, Georgie, who clearly is is slowly. I actually I shouldn't even say slowly. He played himself off the team uh, realistically. And, you know, we, we can get I really want to get your your opinion on it uh, with Gallant making the goalie change going into the third period, uh, knowing that this game is tight and he's going to need, you know, uh, every ounce of goaltending to, you know, get two points out of it. And he made the the right change, I think personally, but, um, you know, before we get into that though, you know, I I want to applaud the Rangers for finding a way to win. And that was important. And getting two points was the ultimate goal and you did it. And you knew, you know, every Ranger fan, I think going into that game knew that there was a possibility of a letdown. So, you know, it kind of sets up to, for a, a possible, another letdown game tonight against the New York Islanders who, um, you know, are missing seven players. But before we get into that game, Andy, there are kind of a lot happened, especially in the third period until the end of the game, whether that be, uh, you know, Gallant and Zibanejad bickering. Uh, I think we should definitely touch on that. And, you know, just the, I think the biggest thing of the evening that evening was certainly the goalie change going into the third. What were your thoughts on that? And, you know, how do you feel about Gallant's decision? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it was definitely the right decision because you could just tell, and I think Valaket summed it up nicely in the post game that Georgiev he throws his hands up. That's a goalie that is he's kind of in woe is me mode. Why does this keep happening to me? But he even mentions he makes himself small, and goalies have to fight through screens. They have to make themselves big and hope the puck hits them. But he sees the point. He sees the the release, and he just kind of stays back. He doesn't get take up any extra space he doesn't stand up a little bit taller and it goes right over his shoulder and again it's one thing it would be one thing if he charged to the top of his crease and tried to cut down some angle or take up more space but he didn't he's just he was a little too much in his head and that's clear and uh yeah even valiquette was kind of going in on georgie but not in like a meme spirit way just on a like it's listen it's this is he's going through a tough stretch but you get paid the money to to be the backup and he's probably going to have to go to hartford to get his head clear figure something out now you know what i mean because it's just not going right for him right now and that listen goaltending is an extremely hard position carter hart two seasons ago had an excellent season last year with everything that was going on with covid he had a horrendous season and now he's having an excellent season again so it's just to, it's a tough position. I think Rangers fans are definitely spoiled by the fact that they've had one of the men, you know, I think the key to Lundqvist's consistency is mentally his focus was that if he had a bad game, he would usually follow it up with a good one. Even if, and even if he had like a few couple of good games and he had a bad game or two, then he, you know, he would get, he could get himself back on the horse a bit and just say, it's a new game and it's a new chance to to steal one here. And obviously we see that in Shesterkin too, is that he doesn't really let much phase him. And that's definitely the, the mark of a true star in this league. But yeah, Georgiev's fighting it right now, which is unfortunate. But um, Gallant made the right choice. And it's right now with the way this team is going, I think losing two points to try, you know, trying to help you, uh, you want to do what you can to help Georgiev. But I think I think everyone would agree that the two points was more important, especially against a, a win- beatable opponent. You know what I mean? So 
they do what they have to do and the Rangers respond in kind to kind of erase their deficits by absolutely dominating the third and final period and getting the go ahead goal with 0.4 seconds left. Um, and, you know, smart Adam Fox proving again, he is the best defenseman in the league. and He's probably the smartest player in the league. What a, what a last minute pinch. And even, and listen, that goes for Lindgren too, because he was creeping down as well. And that doesn't happen if he doesn't put himself in a good position. And Mika continues his, uh, this trend of excellent passes and feeds this year, and it's just a magical moment. So I was obviously hype. Gallant continues to impress me with some of his decision making. Um, and just, yeah, even he, what he says, he, he, he tries to protect his goaltender the best he can in the post game. He downplays. It. He's just like, you know, it's just a, it's just coach's decision. You know, he's not going to say he wasn't good enough where a lot of coaches cough, cough, Elaine Vigneault are so quick to, to throw their players under the bus. He, he, even if he's got to make a hard decision, he's going to try to protect him. And and that goes, that's not even just uh, Guri. If, if a guy has a rough game and he gets demoted or gets benched a little bit or gets lost a bit, he gets a chance to write it the next time. So, And I think uh, now you have all these interviews with players and they're just saying how refreshing it is to know that if they make a mistake, like Kako keeps saying, is like, yeah, he kept me, even though I wasn't getting the points. It's not like, I don't feel like the second I make a mistake, I'm going down to the fourth line. And lo and behold, he's he's busting out of his slump. So and he he scores uh, a beautiful goal, a goal scorer's goal in that game. So between Keandre rushing the puck up more and just asserting himself more offensively, and Kako finding his confidence, and obviously Heedle looked like a world beater. He just obviously was gripping the stick a little too tight. But he, how many goals could he have had last night? You know, or uh, excuse me, a couple nights ago. Um, he has one Kako feathers a backhand to Lafreniere, who then finds Heedle for a beautiful pass for an open cage, and he just, I don't think he releases it quickly enough, and uh, Skinner gets a stick on it, so he could have had a goal. So, yeah, uh, smart decision by Gallant. It's unfortunate for Georgiev. I think at this, you you probably have to send, I, you know, I guess you can let him work it out up here if you want, but I think right now with the way Hartford's going and Kincaid's doing a good job down there, he should most likely, I think we should see Kincaid sooner rather than later, but we'll see who knows. I mean, if they keep, uh, maybe he'll keep them, keep them up, but just keep again, a short leash on him. but I'm not really, you know, we'll see how it plays out. We haven't heard any rumblings yet. No one's really asked him either. So. Yeah. And you know, I, I can't fully bash Georgie because Tenorti was especially bad. I mean, that was, one of the worst outings I've seen since yeah, he sucks. maybe Mark Stahl. <laughs> it, I mean, that was bad. I mean, Mark St- turn- I watched a little bit of Mark Stahl on the Red Wings. He looks better than Tenori does right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost to the point where I don't even know how you put him out there. I mean, that was against the Buffalo team. And I know they have some scrappy guys and guys with chips on their shoulder. They're going to have a lot of effort. But I mean, how could you roll that guy out against pretty much any other NHL team? I mean, he's going to get eaten alive, Andy. I mean... Again, he stinks. Like that's clearly, like, he's clearly not an NHL player at this point. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, do you think he, you know, gets sent down? Does he? I don't even know anything really about this guy's contract, other than he's making less than a million. Thank God, and we have him, uh, you know, all next year too. So, uh, yeah, not a good, uh, not a good game by Tenardi. I mean, that was just awful. No, and listen, I mean, Nils was taking. Uh... Lot, you know, rushes with uh, Nemeth again, so I assume he's back. Who knows? But uh, yeah, wasn't pretty. Most likely, again, I think that was part of the mandate to be tougher, and they thought he could just play serviceable, serviceable minutes. But with the, uh, you know, ne- ne- listen, I, Nemeth hasn't been terrible, but he also hasn't been great. He's uh, he's you know, he's struggled at times too. And he struggled to insulate Nils, which was kind of why he was brought in. And it's, I definitely don't blame Nils. It's like, it's, you have to learn how to play the position. It's hard. Uh, I mean, Keandre just looks so much more confident. Him and Trub are killing it right now. Yep. But even he has, Keandre still has his gaffes. But you see just as the confidence improves that the gaffes are few and far between. Truba had another monster game again. He is just, I don't know where he he's skating faster. He's playing more offensively and i think that's just a function of the whole team just kind of figuring the system out and all of a sudden they're shooting the puck you know and they're getting their shots and they're getting danger chances and you know hope obviously you know i don't know there seems to be a little bit of a luck involved just because of either getting bailed out by goaltending or 
at times just you know getting somehow facing uh some of the easier teams or missing guys but they're just they're it looks seems like they're slowly getting better and better which is what you want and so they're in a good spot and uh yeah even though they've had these hiccups they haven't in the past the Rangers teams the last few seasons that these hiccups would basically derail their season or a game or lose them a game, but they're, they're speed bumps, but they're, they're getting over them and they're, they're figuring out and credit to Gallant for when there's a problem, you know, it's like I, if this was David Quinn, Tenorti would be playing again. And he would say something like, Oh no, he wasn't listening. There was a nothing he could do there. You know, got to give the other team credit. They get played, whatever. But Gallant's like, Oh, nope, that was not, you know, not working. So here we go. And maybe it was just to get, to get Nils up to watch the game from the press box, just to say, look, you have more time to do this or this. He, at least he's got a great example of what not to do, or maybe why he shouldn't try to carry the puck on his backhand with his back up the ice. You know, if you're going to curl away, you have to have awareness. So, you know, <laughs> so uh, who knows, but we'll see how he looks getting back in. Maybe he'll look more assertive. I'm not sure. And I also have to applaud, I think, this one particular player, Andy. I thought he had the best 20 minutes as a New York Ranger, and that was Dryden Hunt. And I think Gallant thought the same thing. He got moved up uh, in place of Goudreau on the top line for a little bit, and he was just buzzing, you know, throwing pucks on net, kind of just being everywhere, causing chaos down the middle of the ice and the guts of the ice. And when you do that, you know, funny things happen, you know, bounces go your way. And I really thought, you know, Hunt had, you know, the best period as a New York Ranger. Uh, what were your thoughts on his his play? Yeah, listen, I, you know me, James. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but I did say in the preseason that I thought Hunt would be a sneaky, low-key good signing. And he seems to, he might be this season's Colin Blackwell. Uh, it's at least turning out to be that way. Yeah, I mean, he's not having the, the same success in terms of the goal scoring, but in terms of his play on the ice, you can see that even with the fourth line, he's got a little bit more skill than say Rooney and uh, Reeves do, but man, the kid, he can fly and he just gets in there and he holds on to pucks and he's not the biggest guy, but I mean, every time he's just, he's, uh, he's all out and he keeps the puck hemmed in. So he has the team has possession when he's on the ice. So yeah, he's earned and he, yeah, he just gives it his all every shift. And like you said, that's uh that's a good example. For, for the team and again Goudreau's clearly not working with Kreider uh, and Zabanajad, so I'm glad they finally moved on from that experiment you know what I mean uh, although although uh, we expected him to play because they've been saying about it, he's going to get his chance but then today uh, in the, the pregame uh, interviews with uh, Gallant he was saying some I don't want to say cryptic but some strange things like you might be surprised by some of my lineup decisions tonight so we might see a move so who knows maybe I wouldn't be surprised if you see Hunt instead, maybe with Heedle and Lafreniere and, and Gauthier gets moved up or something, but still, he's getting a chance to play above the fourth line. So, Well, uh, right now, the daily faceoff has Zibanejad, Kreider, and Hunt <clears throat> together. Yeah, because that's Benarin, what... Yeah, Panarin, Strom, Kako, Lafreniere, Heedle, and the GOAT, and then you got Rooney, Gaudreau, and Reeves, which, honestly... Putting Gaudreau on the fourth line, I know this is sound like people are going to be so upset. He makes such and such money. We brought him in here. Him playing on that fourth line, Reeves causes a lot of turnovers, and he's very physical. And, you know, Kevin Rooney works hard, can kind of find himself in little open spots. You know, if Gaudreau could just, you know, maybe, you know, win a loose puck or, or you know, scoop the puck off of Ryan Reeves turnover, they could start making plays and maybe yeah. Goudreau, you know, gets that fourth line on the, on the board. And we spoke about that a couple of podcasts ago he, that as, although they're working hard, they're just, they haven't put the, you know, the numbers up. Well, you know what it is Rooney and, and, and uh, Hunt are so balls to the wall out and Reeves is not, he's slower, but Goudreau is not as slow as Reeves, but not as fast as Rooney. So maybe who knows, maybe his speed, his tempo might mesh well better as a link between the two. If that makes any sense in a weird way. No, it does. Uh, yeah. And again, we we've said I've I keep calling Goudreau the late game assassin. Who's on the ice for that final goal? It's it's Zabanajad, Kreider, Goudreau, uh, even though he had he had been switched out for Hunt. Because again, it's the late period late dying seconds of the game, and the Rangers don't wanna cough up a goal before making getting the point, making it to overtime. So Gallant puts him out there, because that's what he does. 
And again, he makes the smart right play. Him and Kreider go in. He, you know, I think Goudreau goes in first. He holds it on the wall. He's like, we're getting this point no matter what. And, you know, it kind of allows everyone to get set up and everyone to creep down. And, you know, it's because uh, who knows if maybe if that's Hunt, he goes in really fast and he tries to what blindly throw it up the boards to try to at least get it back to the point. And even if the Rangers don't concede a goal, it's they might not score that goal with 0.4 seconds left. So, yeah, that there's something to be said about uh, the reason they keep saying they signed him is that they can slot Goudreau in anywhere. They can He can play center. He can play wing. He kills penalties. He can play minutes in the late game, but you can move him up. You can move him down. If you get, lose a guy to uh, an injury or has to go to the locker room or gets kicked out of game, whatever. And that's the beauty of him. And he's not, I think, obviously, Rangers fans get hung up and fans of hockey in general, they get hung up. It's like, well, oh, it's like, you know, Mika needs this to score or Kreider. He's like, he needs a playmaker and Goudreau's not and can't whatever. But coaches, they care about, are they playing in the other team's end? And as long as we are doing that more consistently, it's not in our end and we have a better chance to win. So, and then that he succeeds in that sense. And it's like a lot of maybe, I don't want to say old school, but it's, you know, it, it might to sometimes we kind of overthink this things and Gallant doesn't. And he's just like, this is what I want. And we're playing consistently. And lo and behold, it's just kind of the tide of the whole team is moving in the right direction. And the, the team keeps winning. So that's it is what it is, you know. So, yeah, you can say what you want about is Goudreau overpaid? Yeah, probably. They paid for the privilege of his pedigree. But I'll be damned if having players like him and Reeves don't make this team walk, feel different and walk taller. Right? It's kind of hard to explain, right? You know, there are two players that are better on paper, but at the same time, it's like they just the pedigree kind of comes with them and you kind of feel it and you just it just yeah, it's kind of an unexplainable thing, but it's hockey. So, you know. Yeah. And you and you look at, you know, games like the Buffalo Sabres, how many games did the Rangers lose last year that kind of had that, you know, same vibe, whether that. You know, they lost in overtime or they blew a lead late and they eventually lost the game. It's just it's kind of refreshing that the Rangers are winning these games. Now, I told you that I'm playing the role of the pessimist, so I'm never going to get too high on this team that I can't. So if that bothers anybody out there, well, I'm sorry. But as soon as I start feeling good about this team, I can tell you they're going to turn back into the pumpkin that, you know, deep inside, I think I know they really are. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So um, another thing I wanted to talk about, Andy, and you know, happened at the end of the game was Galan and Zibanejad bickering back and forth. Um, is it safe to say that you know Jury is going to be shipping Zibanejad out any any day now? Wait, say <laughs> no, like no, 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 I'm messing with you. I no, like, I, no, obviously the, the for people that don't know or maybe didn't watch the the very end of the game, but uh, Zibanejad and Galan oh, got into a little argument oh, at the end. Yeah, so and, uh, yeah, because basically as they were on that final play, as they were making their way up. To the ice, uh, uh, he got a, interfered with. A, they, he got they, interfe- Yeah, he swallowed the whistle. He, he, yeah, they swallowed the whistle as Meek. Maybe I don't know if they felt Mika purposely kind of skated in the way, but the stick came around and Mika launched in the air and got upended. Obviously, the guard and went, oh, like kind of like what? Like where's the call? 
So even after the Rangers score with 0.4 seconds, and Meek even stops thinking he's going to get the call. It doesn't happen. That's when he moves down the ice, and obviously they get the goal. But as they're celebrating, they're, uh, the, you know, the dying, it's, it's 0.4 seconds. So literally they take a face off and they win the game. Their whole team goes to celebrate, and Meek is giving it to the to the refs. And Gallant smartly gets on him saying, you know, we just won. The game is over. Don't yell at the refs. Come on. Like, it's like you're going to make an enemy out of a referee that you might see down the road. Like I, you listen, and, but listen, it's one of those things. Yeah, obviously players and argue with refs all the time. That's just Gallant being the level headed one being like, come on. And they even had a laugh about it. Obviously there's memes going around about, you know, when you score, when you score the game winning goal, but the coach has over, you know, nine, you know, nine and a half or something. Yeah. And he, and Mika even liked it on social media and they, they 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 were both joking about it, so it obviously was just. Uh, and listen, hey, whatever. Players are competitive, so it is what it is. That's what you want. Uh, you know, things could always be improved. Obviously, the second it happened, everyone was like, you know, obviously fans who aren't happy that Mika isn't scoring on pace to score a million goals again are are getting it. Like, oh, you know, Gallant finally was giving it was telling Mika he was lucky and all this dumb stuff you're reading on the internet. And you're like, Jesus, we. Like you know, go outside. I don't know what else to tell you. These uh, just fan, like fans, just wish casting what was just ultimately a, a nothing burger of a of a situation. But it was interesting to see it in the moment because even Sam's like, "Oh, I don't know what this is about. I guess we'll find out later." You know, but uh, between just you know the exuberation on Lindgren's face and just the whole team, and then to see that going down, it was such a what is happening. That whole game honestly was a what is happening because and Sam even says as they score four goals in whatever minutes, he goes, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. You know? it, well, it, it was weird. And it was one of those games where you felt like you can hear a pin drop, like just during the middle of it. I, I know in the, it was such a boring start to the game. And, you know, those games are tough. You know, it was the middle of the week. Um, you're playing the Buffalo Sabres. I don't know if there was a, a, a bigger buzz in the building, but oh my God, that, you know, that span of all those goals, I think certainly got people back into it. And it, I don't know. It kind of lit a spark under the Rangers' uh, tushes. So, you know, they got going, which was good. And, and you know, the building was rocking after uh, Lindgren scores the winning goal. And, uh, yeah, no, just a whole roller coaster of emotions with that game. And, and uh, you know, it kind of, you know, hopefully carries over into tonight, which is, you know, one of the bigger games of the year, the Rangers versus the New York Islanders. You know, the first game for the Rangers at the, their new stadium. And, you know, they're playing against the team, Andy. I mean, look, look at this. They have Pollock out, Bailey out, Anders Lee out, Brock Nelson out, Pellick out, Green out, you know, Kiefer Bellows out, Zidane Chara out. It just, it, the whole thing is just a, a complete, you know, crap show. And you, you, you look at their lineup, though. Their lineup isn't really that bad, though. Like, you know, again, they have a good fourth line with, you know, Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck. You know, obviously they you know, you know took a huge step back from what they were last year. But, you know, Kyle Palmieri playing on the third line. You got Wallstrom and, you know, Pajot on the second line. And Barzell obviously being the center of the first line with uh, Parise and Panic. And, you know, this team, if you look at this lineup, and I know they have a ton of injuries and they might be a little bit softer on, on the back end. But this is a team that can absolutely steal a game from you if you're not ready to play. And I would imagine that Trotz is going to have this team fully prepared with a game plan to counter anything that the Rangers are going to throw at them. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's I could definitely see an embarrassing Rangers loss where they basically lose to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, (laughs) tonight. Um, And yeah, to your credit, I mean, if lose, losing Zdeno Chara, some might say addition by subtraction, you know, like, I don't know. So they've needed and kind of needed an influx of younger guys with skill. So I guess the question is, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is, is it going to be uh, enough to overcome the Rangers that were pretty much fully healthy? Obviously, they're missing Blay, but they have their lines are all kind of, you know, they're they're second line and their third line are going right now and their first line uh might get an in- infusion from either a Gautier or a a hunt so we'll see um but yeah it's at their at that's the thing is law of averages the rangers keep winning and the islanders keep losing they're, but <laughs> eventually 
one water, you know one's going to win and one's going to lose. Yeah, water, gonna water will find point. level. So and the and this you know the Islanders are at home. They haven't won in their building yet, and obviously that's you put that on the board is like we need to win at home, and we're outmanned. So they're going to play with their backs up against the wall. So yeah, it's uh, I think if it gets, I think no matter what they're going to look to take a piece out of the Rangers. We either winning the game. Or they're just gonna on there go down swinging, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be chippy and pretty brutal. So I think I hope Reeves and uh, uh, Truba and anyone else who's willing is already because it's uh, I don't think yeah it's definitely because I think you know if Ross Johnson is Ross Johnson in the lineup for them. Um, I don't. Let me hold on one second. Um, it it doesn't. No, no, he's not. Well, I was going to say good because when they were getting blown out by the Panthers, Johnson put the knee on Barkov, who is still out, you know, for, for he's week to week. So because they were getting blown out and that's, you know, you don't want any of that. So, you know, I, it, it's the last thing we need is a troglodyte like that guy going after uh, one of our talented young players. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, they have to be ready because either way, it's going to be tough, you know, so. I well, hopefully they're up to the task. Yeah, and you, you know what I'm hoping for. You know what my goal is this game, Andy. Like, and I know, like, we won't talk like you know about predictions and stuff like that because obviously people are listening to this podcast after the game. So you know whether the Rangers won or lost, it doesn't really matter. What I want to see out of this game, Andy, is that there's been a player that's been out of the New York Rangers lineup for quite some time now, and you know I think it's really time for him to step up. And what better game for him to step up in than playing your, you know, the interstate arrival, the New York Islanders, a game that no matter what, where you are in the standings, whether you're, you know, at the top or the bottom, it doesn't really matter. These are the games that you really want to win if you're a New York Rangers or a New York Islanders fan. You know, Lafreniere really needs to step up this game. Like if he can just pocket two goals and get us a win, a, four, a nice 4-1 win, Right, a comfortable four-one win where we feel like we're rolling through Thanksgiving. You know how good Thanksgiving will feel if you get a goal from Kako and you get two from Lafreniere, and you're like, you know what? Maybe the Rangers are building something. You know, maybe these kids are kind of turning the corner. I feel a little bit confident with Kako right now. I'm a little scared that I'm this like cocky that Kako's turning it around. And, uh, you know, he, he's been just absolutely on fire and he knows how to score goals. If, if, if you watch him play just him around the net, you know, once, like once he gets that touch, you feel so confident when he has a, a little, uh, a lane, you know, in the offensive zone to create something for himself. You just, you know, now you see it now, this is what I'm waiting for with Lafreniere, Andy. So, you know, please tell me that, you know, this is a prime game for Lafreniere to maybe take advantage of a, of a slower beaten down New York Islanders team. You know, maybe, but I, I guess for me personally, I kind of have Lafreniere on a different track than Kako. I think with Lafreniere, I was just looking for him to start actually playing better and being noticeable. And I think he's kind of rebuilding his game right now, if that makes any sense. He's moving his legs a lot more. He's getting in on the four check. I mean, listen, he should have had a surefire, beautiful assist on that heedle pass the other night. And I think he made another one to the to slot that was pretty good, but both kind of got fanned on. But his line was creating, and he was a big part of that. And he makes smart outlets, and he's getting in on pucks. So I'm ha- I'm happy with where he's playing right now. Obviously, you can then argue, well, it's not first overall caliber play, but yeah. But I think are we aren't we kind of past that point where, or at least past the illusion that he's going to just one day figure out how to apply everything that made him a first overall pick, you know, from day one like into the NHL seamlessly. But that being said, I've watched. You know, we've kind of watched Kako, who was literally in his first season, was uh, non-effective, I guess you could say. He scored some goals in tight by just already being there with soft hands. But, you know, he couldn't do what he did in Finland. It was different. It was just and that's kind of what where Lafreniere is at. He's scoring. He was scoring goals by being in, in prime positions at the right place, right time, because he's got hockey sense. And he's smart. But when it comes to advancing the puck towards the net or, or scoring goal, goal scores goals, you know, ones that aren't just the nose for the net type, right place, right time goals. Yeah. He's struggled. So, but I, I've liked what I've seen from him. He's creating more. So, and again, I, I, I just want to see him just create, even if he has a, 
I would rather have him have instead of scoring a goal that's like one play and then be pedestrian the rest of the play. I would rather have him create all game and maybe not get rewarded for it, because at least if I think if he can build upon that, then you, you will see the player. I think that Rangers fans feels they were promised down the line. But uh, but yeah, obviously, this would be a great game venue, especially with maybe you could argue with the, the amount of players that are out and a little bit easier competition. We saw what. Lafreniere and Kako were able to do in the pre in the preseason. Not that this will have preseason intensity. It'll be definitely be ratcheted up, but in terms of maybe the quality of some of the competition they're facing, uh, you know, especially if the, if they're going to play the fourth line is playing as their third line. Now, you know, that's probably they're going to be their matchup line. So if they can avoid getting run over by, you know, Martin Zizekas and Clutterbuck, they have definitely more skill than them. So they could probably, uh, you know, they can probably get one, uh, get one in behind them. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm I'm just excited, and and you know, I I think the Rangers ultimately come out and win. I, I hope so. It, it's just it it will absolutely ruin my Thanksgiving. Uh, but you know, the Rangers bounce right back with a 1 p.m. game on Friday against the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, obviously Boston is another one of those teams that has kind of had a a slower start to the season, as you uh, you know obviously a little bit different than past seasons where they've always kind of been at the top of the standings. You don't really know what they are, but they're one of those teams that just the experience alone, uh, they can take advantage of you, of you if you're not, you know, coming out ready to play. And, you know, I hope the the Rangers can find a way to, you know, counter that and just, just be competitive in that game. You know, I, I really don't want to see a slow start or, you know, a third period where, you, you know, you were up by a goal and you totally collapse and they just, you know, that, that top line of theirs just takes advantage and, and, and wins the game at the end in a heartbreaking fashion. Just be competitive. You know, even if you, you lose 3-2, just be in the game. I, I don't want to see, you know, complete mental lapses or just a lack of energy. I know it's a 1 p.m. game. I think it's our first 1 p.m. game of the season. We never do well in those games. And, you know, I just really wish uh, the Rangers can be one of those teams that win, wins those day games because, you know what, it kind of ruins your entire night if they don't. So, um, you know, a- Andy, any thoughts, you know, about that Boston game? Not, it's weird because uh, the Bruins are obviously not what they were last season. They don't have Rask. Swayman is kind of have their goaltending is giving them a little bit of trouble. Uh, and yeah, obviously losing, um, uh, right uh jesus his name escapes me right now uh basically retiring and going back to uh back overseas who uh, Krejci, david Krejci. yeah yeah right before the season was was going to start hurts them because charlie Coyle is a lot of things but i don't the second line center i don't think so probably a good third line center but uh yeah so they're obviously when the perfection line's not out there they've had trouble scoring goals although it's been a little bit better as of late and they're still a good team and they like i said they still have one of the best lines in hockey, if not the best. So, and yeah, they still have McAvoy, who's an excellent shutdown defender. Um, so yeah, they still have, they're still a dangerous team. So, and I, you know, they're one of those teams that even when they're a little bit undermanned, they still have pride and the expectations of that. They, the rep and they have a great coach in Cassidy. So that will be a test for sure. And if the Rangers beat an, an undermanned Islanders team tonight, if, and I say that, if, and then they they feel good about themselves. They're close. They get to have Thanksgiving tomorrow with their families, and then they don't have to travel too far for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, like I could see them showing up to, uh, yeah, to that game with the uh, bellies full of, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess from eating too much turkey and uh, uh, what do you call it that that makes you tired. Um, uh, the like the tryptophan tryptophan and- yeah all 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 hopped up on you know uh gravy and tryptophan and turkey and just uh laying an absolute stinker uh but we'll see you know we got igor and net tonight which i think is the right call and i kind of like that galant's done that where it's like you think that he's gonna give like you see like oh that'll be an easier start so he'll give it to Georgiev and that'll be a harder start but sometimes he's like I'm going to guarantee we get these two points by putting Igor in that you know what I mean and you know and, what and- I- Igor does deserve to play against some of the lesser competition I mean I, I not to say that you know the the NHL is some you know peewee hockey league but you know Igor you know it's not fair that just because he is the better goalie that he has to always go up against you know, the league's tougher teams, like obviously you want them playing in those games. So, you know, obviously to give us a chance, 
But, you know, the, the lesser teams on the schedule, you know, the Buffalo Sabres, the, you know, Senators and, you know, have, you know, Seattle and stuff like that, you know, he deserves to play those games too. You know, those are feel good games. Those are games that, you know, he can maybe build his career off of, you know, you know, maybe getting 10 shutouts in a season, you know, that's, you know, those are things that, you know, he's going to want to accomplish personally. And, you know, if he's got going up against uh, the, uh, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes and Capitals and, and the Panthers every night, you know, he's, he, he's never going to get those or the, the opportunities to really pad some stats. So, um, you know, not that the Rangers are really in a position to be putting guys out there to pad stats. You know, we just need to win hockey games to make the playoffs. So, um, Andy, do you have anything else? I feel like we covered a lot. Um, you know, I, I know there's a, a lot of trade talks going on. Our boy JT Miller looks like he's probably going to be on the move pretty soon. Uh, doubtful that it's a New York Rangers sweater, but, you know, Minnesota has taken some interest and, you know, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of rumbling so far, especially for Vancouver looking to uh, kind of maybe clean house a little bit. Yeah, obviously, potentially. Um, you, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they move one of Miller or Besser. Uh, you know, they're now, I don't, despite what fans might think, I don't think Patterson's going anywhere. Uh, or, uh, you know, and obviously they're not going to move uh, Quinn Hughes. But, yeah, you know, I, I could definitely see one of those two guys going somewhere. But, you know, it's weird because if that GM's actually trying to save his job, I don't see why he would want to move them. <laughs> you know, he's uh, he has been absolutely horrendous for them. Uh, and, I, you know, you, you could fire uh, Travis Green if you want, but that doesn't really, I don't know if that'll solve it. It's, it's clearly a construction issue. I don't know why anyone thought that decor was going to be. I think if people knew they wouldn't be amazing, but they thought they would at least be a cusp team or a bubble team. Not this, not as poor as they've been. But um, the problem is, the if you move Markstrom, who had a an amazing year with them, and you know you don't really solve the goaltending problem, and, and now you look at Markstrom and you look how good he's been. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just like a head scratcher. It's like, yeah, who else? Who else did you have? Like who else did you have in mind that you thought was going to be a step up in that, you know, in that department? Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I don't know how Holtby's doing. Uh, is he still in Dallas? Is Holtby in Dallas right now? I believe so, but wasn't he playing backup? Um, yeah. to to uh, And be, Dallas is nothing to write home about be, either. No, although they seem to be finding their footing a little bit recently. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, I don't, Jim Benning, I don't know, is he trying to save his job or is he trying to do things the right way, which ultimately doesn't help him in the short term? That's a team that's, uh, yeah, they have, they have tough decisions to make. And I think Friedman was saying today is that he's like, they didn't, uh, they, uh, you know, that they're so, that all he hears out of Vancouver is that they're afraid to do something that will haunt them for the next 10 years. Is like, you probably did that when you, signed Oliver Ekman Larson, you know, as thinking he was anything close to what he used to be and gave him the amount of money that he, you know, or at least the amount of money paying that contract. Also, yeah. I'm, as I'm, I was just scrolling through our timeline and I found a post from January 24th of last year. And I'm pretty sure you tweeted this and it says, I will post this as much as I want. Although tonight wasn't Quinn's fault. And it's, uh, it's the meme with, uh, Wolverine from the X-Men laying down in the bed looking at yes. a, a picture frame and Gerard Gallant is in that picture frame. So it was very prescient of uh, of you to post that. Well, sometimes so. dreams do come true, Andy. So you know. <laughs> that's true. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I, uh, now I need to post a, a Stanley Cup in our future. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully that one will come true as well. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, hopefully has played the most games uh, for the Dallas Stars and he's two and four with the two point five four goals against average so um yeah kind of just a blah season for him so far and uh you know obviously dallas is not uh not the team they once were so maybe the uh the gm needs to call their all-stars out once again uh, to get that team fired up and going so anything else andy i guess before we we call it here there is one important thing we need to talk about because uh, we haven't really talked about it, and uh, it was—it's been a real rough week for uh, jerseys in the NHL and in hockey oh, in yes, general. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> this uh, recently, so I know we don't have a lot of time here, but just uh, listen. Everyone has by now has seen that horrendous uh, Devils third jersey de- designed by Martin Brodeur. Um, 
I mean, it's you're not really it's kind of low hanging fruit almost at this point because everyone has chimed in on it. It's awful. It's you don't know how anyone would know it was a good idea. And then people just taking two seconds to to Photoshop it to make it look 10 times better by just getting rid of the, the little jersey, you know, and just putting either just the devil's logo, which it pains me to say it is a great logo. You just put a big red, like no outline blot, like you make, make it a little bit darker devil's logo put it on a black jersey with red dark red bars on it instead of white and it looks like an awesome effing jersey like it's really not that hard like i could have done it and that's not and i'm not you know i'm not some design savant it's just it's easy it just all takes is someone to say this is bad and then team usa comes out with their jersey and it looks like a i don't know it looks like a men's cycling like compression shirt you know it's bad <laughs> for the olympics and then Team Canada has their jersey that looks like uh, Greg Wyshynski points out looks like a uh, a, a, a turkey's butthole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't know what is going on. You know what's in the air that this is happening. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. just at no point the only good jersey I've seen recently is uh, the Knicks div- and unveiled their their uh, city jerseys, the black and orange that looked awesome last night. And the Rangers were there, by the way. I think uh, they, they showed uh, a picture and video of, I think it was Rooney, Kako, uh, Julian Gauthier, Artemi Panarin, and, and Igor all hanging out. So that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I think the, the Metropolitan Riveters last week unveiled their jersey, which looks awesome. It's just, but you know, that's not too, yeah, that's two out of a, a possible five or six. And it just didn't look great. I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I like all the, the the women's jerseys. I think every single team has actually a, a pretty cool, unique concept. Um, the only one I think I don't like um, is Toronto, which is... Oh, the six, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, eh, not for me. But um, yeah, the Devils jersey, you know, first off, I mean, they blatantly, they didn't like steal it, but it was like, it's so similar to Chicago that it's like, it's silly, like, you can't make it that similar. I mean, it looks almost exactly the same except for the logo in the middle, obviously. And, you know, Jersey, really, that's what you're, you're going to write on it. Like it, that's just silly. And I, I don't care what it's supposed to represent or anything like that. Like a trash Jersey is a trash Jersey. And, you know, I guess it's fitting for, for, for the devils. And, you know, the, the USA ones, I said, like, were they like a long sleeve soccer jersey? Like, I don't know what the heck they were going for. It just, it shouldn't be this difficult. And, you know, you look at the America's colors are red, white, and blue. The devil's colors are red, black, and white. Those are such easy color, you know, uh, colors to kind of bring together a really cool concept and a really cool, uh, you know, idea for a jersey that I just, I really do scratch my head at some of the decision-making for some of these people that get to create these jerseys. But um, again, uh, you know, it's Martin Brodeur and I'm glad they're, they're garbage and, you know, nothing's more fitting than, um, you know, I'm, I'm still enjoying all the, uh, the memes, you know, slew foot, uh, you know, Jersey hat, you know, arena. I I love all the memes that, you know, uh, uh, probably mostly Ranger fans are creating to mock the devils, but you know, overall, it's been uh, a pretty good internet day in terms of uh, devil's mockery. Oh, yeah. And listen, I mean, there's it's too late. They it, the jerseys leaked. Everyone started shitting on them immediately. They've obviously tried to lean into it by saying, like, we might release this and it's a hat that says hat on it. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll take it like the Canes bunch of jerks thing and try to meme it up and then it becomes popular. Because if everyone remembers uh, when they announced when the Flyers announced Gritty, Everyone thought he looked like shit. He was horrible. And literally now, Gritty is, is awesome. He's the only thing I, I like about the Philadelphia Flyers, I'll tell you that much. But uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes you have to lean into it and the hatred. And, you know, who knows? Something new is born from uh, the uh, discourse around it. So, uh, yes. So we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, tough, tough week for jerseys all around. Um, I guess. As we sign off here, I do the last thing I want to ask you is, uh, and we, we I think we do this every year on on our Thanksgiving episode is James, what uh, what food are you most looking forward to eating tomorrow? You know, old me would have said uh, stuffing or mashed potatoes, and I mix the corn in and stuff like that. Yeah. But 
you know what I'm going to try to do this year, Andy, to kind of, you know, really appreciate Thanksgiving. I really want to enjoy the turkey this year. So I'm looking, I'm most looking forward to a good turkey. I want to enjoy it. I know turkey kind of gets trashed on a little bit, and it's obviously in a little inferior to the side dishes. But, you know, for me, I, I'm going to focus on the turkey. I really want to enjoy it. So, uh, you know, I'm going turkey all the way this year. I, I actually was going to say something similar, so I'm, I'm happy because I didn't, I am someone who did not, uh, I was late to the, I was an anti-cranberry man for so long. Oh. And usually it was the canned, you know, which some people love. They swear I, by it. I'm but, a big can guy. I like the can. Yeah. I, and I, I've ha- I had that last year, which was good because it was out and I tried it. But then also someone uh, brought, I forget who it was, brought actual like cranberry, like preserves, like good cranberry or like, like organic, whatever you want to say, like, like from a farm, farmer's market. Yep. And oh, my Atlanta, it was good. It was so good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this I get because. Listen, I mean, if you get the dark meat, you're you're good with the turkey, but obviously sometimes you get that prime breast cut, which is uh good but dry. It's you know, it's, right. it's prime breast cut of, of turkey. But yeah, with a little bit of cranberry and a little bit of gravy and a little bit of mashed potato residue on it, oh my god, it's good. You know. And especially later, you know, you save the leftovers, you make the open faced turkey sandwiches the next day. The Thanksgiving sandwich, which is Absolutely. a staple. So uh yeah, so Again, I much like you, James. I, I always say the stuffing and the mashed potatoes are my favorite. Obviously, I love stuffing, right, fresh out of the bird. But I am going to try to pay more attention to the turkey. Really load up on the tryptophan. I'm going to make sure the cranberry ride shotgun with it, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be more conscious about how I'm constructing my plate this year, with giving more deference to the turkey. Because obviously, I'm a sides guy, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes you forget with the beauty that's right in front of you if you know you know if you miss it if you just don't if you're not looking at the looking at the plate the right way so that's what i'm gonna do um so yeah i guess we'll we'll end it on that uh happy thanksgiving everyone we'll see you on monday hopefully the rangers have a lot to be thankful for in terms of the standings right now and their play on the ice and just getting better every game and hopefully they're thankful for uh four points they can collect over the weekend so but Here's Will, and so happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.